0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jessica, the More Happy Coach, founder of Project More Happy, and host of this, the Project More Happy podcast. I am a happiness guide, an advanced certified life coach, an explorer, a lifelong learner, a mother, a partner. I am a lot of nuanced things, as we all are as humans. Um, I am super excited to be back with you all and for new people to be along on this happiness journey with me, where we're going to spend time really talking about the science of happiness and positive psychology. And the important piece is how to turn that science into actionable things for us in our lives each and every day, because there has been a lot of research done in the past 30, 40 years about how we can thrive and flourish as humans. And um, that research really hasn't made it into how we show up every day in our lives. And so I think there's a real gap there. And so that's what um, this podcast is going to hopefully try and do. So first things first, who am I to talk to you about happiness? This is an excellent question because You know, a lot of times we think we have to go to the best at something to learn about it, right? So if I want to learn to be a better basketball player, I want to find and hire the absolute best basketball player to be my coach, right? Um, So if you take that same uh, approach, if I want to learn how to live happier, I need to find the happiest person um, in the world to show me how to achieve what they have achieved. I am not that person. I am not the happiest person who has ever walked the face of the earth. I have actually struggled with happiness my entire life. And it wasn't until I was in my early thirties that I really started to do a deep dive into the science of happiness to really understand how I was missing the mark so poorly. So let's go back, um, to where this all started. Okay. Um, like so many of you, I'm sure I hit my thirties and, um, I wasn't as happy as I thought I should be. I had a great career. I had moved up the ranks in advertising. I made really good money. I was married to a wonderful human being who pushes me to constantly grow and explore the world around me. I had one kid at the time, another on the way. I had a nice house in a nice neighborhood. I had good friends. I was connected and I wasn't happy. And this was a pattern that I had seen um, repeat itself throughout my life, right? The first time I genuinely remember being unhappy was around in the third grade when I realized that what we look like actually matters to other people and i know that's ridiculous to say and think but it is true especially for little girls right so third grade was about where i was pegged to be a tomboy and um, i embraced that role because i didn't know what else i was supposed to do it was the box i was given right and so i started being uncomfortable in my own skin way back then I vaguely remember my middle school years. Um, I think I erased those from my brain for a good reason. I do remember bits and pieces, teachers who saw me for me. Um, and I remember a program that I was involved in in middle school and continued in high school called Future Problem Solvers, which is so funny because, you know, a few years ago I got um, really into design thinking through IDEO and then that ultimately led me to life design and coaching we'll get there um, eventually but so I was in future problem solving and what I realized is that you know in middle school I had found this path I just didn't know what it was because that was design thinking and it is life design so there were some you know highlights from that stage of my life but not not many Um, I remember being uncomfortable in my own skin and do you know how hard it is to be uncomfortable in your own skin Researcher Brené Brown, who I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, read their book, her books, um, listened to her TED talks. If you haven't, I encourage you to do so. But Brené Brown does research. Uh, she used to do a lot of uh, shame research. She studies human emotion, um, and she says that the opposite of belonging, right? The opposite of the need to belong that all of us humans have. We all have this need to belong. The opposite isn't you know being an outcast or um, being pushed aside or not feeling like you fit in the opposite of belonging is actually fitting in it is contorting yourself and your personality and your authenticity to fit someone else's mold and i feel like i did that and we all do that through um through a lot of our lives in high school it got to the point where you know i spent my time drinking and smoking. And um, I buried my sorrows in food and um, it wasn't a good time, but I wasn't celebrating who I was and no one else seemed to be either. The one outlet I always had was art and writing. And I I took art and writing classes all through high school. Those were really the only um, classes I remember that and choir. So creative types of classes and i think well now i know because the research has told me that the reason i spent so much time and was drawn to those places is because creativity is a way for us to practice the happiness pillar of authenticity right it's a way to free that voice inside of us to show up wholly and authentically um, as ourselves so i remember those classes in high school And I really wanted to go down that path. And this is really where it gets interesting, is I wanted to be a writer, right? That's what I wanted to do with my life. But from a cultural perspective, from an education system perspective, from a societal perspective, The messages I kept being told was that I wouldn't make any money as a writer and therefore I wouldn't be successful. And what I really needed to do was find a career that I could make a lot of money and be successful in. And then once I was there, once I achieved that, then I could, you know, write. Once I found happiness, then I could do what I wanted. That would actually probably have gotten me to happiness a lot sooner. The reason I share all this with you is because looking back, I can see where I wasn't practicing what the science of happiness and positive psychology tells us what the lessons are in that it was a hard journey for me. Again, I ended up in a really successful air quotes because it wasn't my version of success. I ended up in a really successful career. um, And from the outside looking in, everyone probably thought I was happy and successful. But again, I was numbing everything. through various means to try to fit into a box of what other people deemed successful and, um, and appropriate for me. And so this all came to pieces. My, my daughter was born, so my second kid. Um, I was in a job that did not align at all in an industry that I knew was toxic and did not help me. And in one of my um, not so shining moments in life, um, uh, me and the head of this company got into a screaming match about how we should treat employees and each other, and I was shown the door. That was a really, really painful period for me because I thought um, you know, I was the bad person and I was in the wrong. But this was also, this moment was the catalyst for me to try to figure out why humans, why societies act the way they do, why we are not flourishing, why we would rather hold people down instead of lift each other up. Um and it's really ultimately what led me to doing a deep dive into the science of happiness. I wanted it for myself. I wanted it for my kids. Like I wanted to be a happier person so that my kids um understood and knew happiness and didn't have to learn it the really hard way like I did, right? I didn't want them to be 35 years old and going, oh my gosh how did I end up here? I want the same for y'all, right? I don't want us to keep missing years of our lives trying to follow someone else's expectations, trying to fit into society's box. I want us all to have the knowledge and be empowered to design and create happier lives for ourselves. So that's what this podcast is about. That is why I am here, right? I say I'm a happy, a happiness guide, a happiness expert. I'm not a researcher, right? I studied advertising and I studied sociology because I always thought that was interesting. But I'm not a researcher. I'm not going out and doing the research. I am reading all the research I can. I still am. Anything that comes out, any new book, any podcast on happiness, um, trainings, I read the research. I am a trained communicator. So what I see as my gift and my um, role here is to take the research, to take all the things we have learned and to share them with you in a way that allows you to start designing a happier life based on the insights that, that we now know are true. About um, our overall well being, about how we can flourish and thrive as people and as a society. Right? So, I am a naturally cu- curious person. I'm a lifelong learner. I study all this amazing research that people are doing and I test their theories, right? I test it all out in my own life. I try them on and I'm gonna share what works, right? I'm gonna share what for me, makes the science actionable and meaningful so that hopefully you can take it and and make it meaningful in your life as well. But at the end of the day, I'm just a person who is doing the work to create a life I love. I am not the happiest person in the world. I still wake up and have to do a lot of work every single day and we'll get to why that is the case um, on the podcast but I have to get up and do this work every single day to be happy. And hopefully me showing up wholly as this person will help you and other people do the same because that's really what life is all about. So we've talked about this a little bit, but why do I care about your happiness? right like as long as i'm happy why should i care about creating a happy happier world for others why should i spend so much of my time and energy enabling happiness in my world well there's science that drives me to do this but really it's it comes down to the notion that we are all connected right it's our shared humanity and when i am thriving the people around me are thriving too so happiness is a three-step process that goes on forever and ever and ever the first step is intentionally choosing happiness you have to say i am done fitting into these boxes i am over trying to be what everyone else wants me to be. I am choosing to live my life on my terms. I am choosing happiness. That is step one. Okay, but I've I've chosen happiness, let's say. And there are all those signs, you know, you get on Pinterest or you go into people's houses and they have these signs that say, choose happiness. And it's like, really? Like, you can't just choose it and all of a sudden be happy. And there's science that backs that up. You can't just choose it and be happy because happiness believe it or not yes it is an emotion but in a larger sense happiness is an act and acts require action so you choose happiness and then you actually have to practice it i very intentionally use this word practice because I think a lot of what we are taught and raised to believe about happiness is that happiness happens to you, right? So you do something good, you earn happiness. Or in my case, right, you get to the pinnacle of your career, you, um, you rise to the ranks in your industry, you make a lot of money, and that's when you earn the right to be happy. But that's not how happiness actually works at all. And it's really interesting because it's it's the opposite. So when we practice happiness, we understand and accept and appreciate that happiness is a skill. It's a skill. Let's go back to the basketball analogy that we talked about earlier, right? So I wanna be a better basketball player. And we said, yes, I could go off and hire the best basketball player in the world to coach me. The reality of that happening is slim to none. But that doesn't mean I can't be a better basketball player, because how do you get better at something? Basketball is a skill. Happiness is a skill. It requires practicing the different things you need to do to be better, at that skill at what you want so in basketball if i want to be a better basketball player i practice dribbling i practice my free throws i um you know i practice three pointers i do all the things over and over i choose to practice them again and again and again and that actually reshapes our brains and the neural pathways in our brains and we get better at it okay it becomes muscle memory The same is true with happiness, okay? This is like, this is mind blowing to me. The same is true of happiness. There are different aspects of happiness that we have to practice to get better at happiness. I have called these the eight pillars of happiness, different researchers label them different things. You know, the point is the same. We have to build our lives around practicing these things and showing up in these ways. We're going to spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the eight pillars of happiness. So I am not going to get into all of that right this moment, but you have to practice the different aspects of happiness in order to be happier. Okay, so the third step. So we have choose happiness, we have practice happiness. Now this takes us back to where we started this conversation, which is why do I care about your happiness? Okay. Um, The third step is spreading happiness. And this is the really, really important part because we are all connected. And one of the pillars of happiness that we practice is compassion. And compassion is what ties us to each other. It is that interconnectedness. It is understanding that my decisions here today on this side of the world actually do impact people who live on the completely opposite side of the world. I might not see how that's the case, but I know deep down in my core that that is true because we are all connected. And what the science says when it comes to happiness is that when I am happier, when I am choosing to practice happiness and show up in these ways, not only am I creating um, more wealth and better health and more connection in my life, but I am enabling that for others. And this is where families get stronger, and um, and their overall well-being and fulfillment is higher. Then it goes to communities, right? We build stronger communities when we understand how to flourish as people and as family units in those communities. And then you go larger than that. We become a stronger world. We become a more productive, more um, wealthy, a healthier, a more connected world when we spread happiness. So we have to choose happiness. We have to practice it. It is a skill. It requires practice. And then we have to spread it and that is how i think in my heart of hearts that is how i think we can address so many of the challenges and problems we face as you know as a people as humanity um these days is really not focusing on eliminating the negative and the bad and the obstacles in the world but focusing on the good because when we Practice and when we um, get skillful in the ways that make us flourish, we lift one another up as opposed to keeping one another down. And so we choose happiness, we practice happiness, and we spread happiness. And that cycle that goes on over and over, right? It looks like an infinity symbol when you have the three steps and you're going through them over and over and over. That's how we can create sustainable happiness for ourselves and for our communities. In order for all of us to create a sustainable happiness practice, I want to begin by going through some foundational work on happiness. Because we've been fed and taught a lot of mistruths over the years, starting pretty much since the moment we're born. And there are five of these myths that I see and hear a lot um, from my students and my clients. And in order for us to practice happiness in a way that's gonna work and have impact in our lives and in our world, we need to first dispel the myths. We need to understand the truth about happiness, what it is and how we can create it in our lives. So we're gonna go through the five most common myths that I hear and I'm gonna talk to you about what the truth is, what the reality is around happiness that we actually know from research and science. The first one, okay, sounds like this. When I make this much money, I'll be happy. When I own a house in this neighborhood, I'll be happy. When I find true love, I'll be happy. When I become a mother, I'll be happy. When I get to travel the world, I'll be happy. I talked about this earlier in my own experience in that I had the job and I had the salary and I had the house and I had all these things and I still wasn't happy because happiness can't be earned. It is um, not something that you reach. If you're chasing your happiness, you're doing it wrong. The good news is that you can rest a little and stop chasing those false hopes of happiness. Okay. So take a deep breath. (sighs) Okay. We can stop chasing happiness. The better news is you already have everything you need to be happy and create happiness in your life. We talked about this. Happiness is not something you reach. It's not a destination. The truth is it is a practice. So happiness is not something you earn. It's something you practice every day. You build your life around it. The second misconception on happiness is um, that it's not important, that it's trivial, that it's trite. People do not prioritize their happiness because they think we think there are so many other things that are more important. We think this a lot because of that first misconception. But, you know, I didn't think it was important for years, which is why I chose to numb myself. In food and alcohol instead of actually designing a life around what I thought happiness would be. Happiness is incredibly important. Happiness is so important that here in the United States, it is written into our country's founding documents. There have been philosophers throughout the ages that spent their entire lives questioning and understanding happiness and fulfillment and well being. There are entire research fields around it now because of how important it is. The United States self improvement market makes more than $11 billion a year and that number just keeps going up. $11 billion a year. People are willing to invest and designing and creating happier, more fulfilling lives for themselves. Here's what research has showed us. Happiness is linked to better overall health. It's linked to increased wealth. It's linked to uh, more productivity, uh, stronger relationships, um, which of course makes for stronger communities. It is linked to better sleep and better sleep health. It is linked to job promotions. Okay. People who are happier, get more job promotions. When I'm saying all this, what is going on in your head? Because even today, when I say this, what is going on in my head is there's this cognitive dissonance because I've been told my entire life that the job promotion will bring me the happiness. And what I'm standing here telling you right now is that your happiness will bring you the job promotions. Health won't bring you happiness. Your happiness will bring you health. Because when you practice happiness, you take better care of your body. When you practice happiness, you invest in the things that bring you the kind of wealth you want. These things that we are taught and told again and again that will bring us happiness are actually the things that come from happiness. So we need to take it seriously. We need to prioritize it because when it becomes a priority, all that other stuff that we're chasing after naturally begins to fall into place. So myth two was that happiness is trivial. And we just talked about all the incredible ways that we know that that is not true. So the third misconception on happiness is that true happiness doesn't exist outside of Disney movies, right? Everyone always lives happily ever after in those Disney movies. Our childhoods are based around um, these movies and the messages that they that they told us about happiness, about finding Prince Charming, about good versus evil, about masculinity, um, Disney movies, we're very formulative in how we approach and look at the world around us. And so we carry this idea that true happiness doesn't exist really outside of those Disney movies. But what is true happiness? And is there just one version of happiness? Is my happiness identical to your happiness? True happiness exists for everyone. Okay, that's the truth, it exists for everyone because we are all different and we all have different versions of happiness. How I define true happiness is going to look radically different from how you define true happiness. And that is a beautiful and empowering thing because when I know that my happiness looks different than yours, one, I can stop comparing my journey to your journey, two, I can start designing a life for my happiness knowing that there's an abundance of happiness out there in the world and that we're not all fighting and vying for the same thing true happiness exists for all of us we need to define it and then we need to start designing our lives around it our authenticity and our purpose those are two of the eight pillars of happiness authenticity and purpose they help us define what happiness looks like for us And when we have defined that for ourselves, when we have defined true happiness and success and, you know, all of those wonderful things, what fulfillment looks like for us, when we have defined happiness on our terms, it can exist in our lives. Myth four. Some people just aren't genetically wired to be happy. I'm just not a happy person. I'm not wired to be happy. The truth is, according to science, around 40 percent of our happiness can be tied to genetics okay so some of our happiness our um, predisposure to happiness is genetic but that leaves 60 percent that is in our control okay so even if you're born with absolutely zero happiness genes which they have not yet found a happiness gene but even if you're born with um 0% happiness. You can still achieve 60% happiness if you choose to design your life in a way that allows you to show up and practice happiness every day. And what's absolutely amazing about that 60% is that there are proven methods for increasing happiness. Science has shown us how people flourish, how people thrive. Positive psychology gives us these insights and tools that we can implement into each of our lives to make it attainable. Okay, so only 40% is tied to genetics, you are in control of the rest. You are in control of the rest. The last myth I want to talk about today is the notion that money can't buy happiness. And um, coming from a background in marketing, which is super consumer focused, it is all about buy, buy, buy. And this is actually one of the reasons I got into um, sharing happiness and enabling it in the world is because I wanted to counter this, this notion. What we generally think of as happiness is instant gratification. So it's that feeling we get, that surge, right after we buy something that we really like. But that's instant gratification, and it tends to go away fairly quickly, and you go back to your default. So we just talked about you know, your 60% line. You go back to that default after the instant gratification cycles through. So you can't actually buy happiness in that sense. It is something that you have to cultivate, you have to practice, we have talked about this. But happiness is a practice. And with all practices, happiness has experts and scientists and researchers and coaches and people who are out there that can help you become more skilled in the practice and you can choose to invest in those spaces. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm not talking about money in the instant gratification either because money is just one way we invest. We invest our time and energy and resources into the things that we deem important and a priority. And you can choose to invest your time and energy and resources into designing a happier, healthier life. For yourself, So money can't buy happiness, um, but you can invest in what's going to create a happier um, life for yourself, and that is very empowering to me, um, and I hope it is to you too. So we went through the top five uh, myths so that hopefully we all have a better understanding and a foundation about how accessible happiness is. For each of us and in my coaching training um, when i was getting certified you know the big light bulb or the big takeaway that i got in that training was at the very very beginning and it's this notion that every single person from the moment they are born is a whole and complete human And what that means to me is you have the knowledge and tools and wisdom inside you to create and design this life and a life that you'll love and um, the trick is to use them to trust that you have them to trust in your ability to use them, to give yourself grace when you go astray as we all do. But knowing that you have all of that inside you um, is really empowering because then you can go, okay, I don't need all these outside things to fall into place and happen for me to create a happier life for myself. I can start doing that here, right now, this moment right here which leads me to one of the most important things about happiness and we mentioned it earlier but i want to close our time together in this episode really hitting this point home and that is that we are taught from a very young age that the opposite of happiness is sadness right? I was listening to something with my daughter the other day, and um, it was a podcast for kids, and it was an opposites game. And they said a word, and she's supposed to shout out the opposite. And they said happy, and she screamed sad. And I went, Ugh. I got to talk to her about this. Happiness and sadness are both on the same spectrum. They're both feelings um, that give us clues into um, what we want to change or adapt or do differently in our life. So sadness gives us those clues. It's a really important tool. It's like anger and fear. They all give us these clues about how to move forward in our life and design a life that we'll love. The opposite of happiness is actually complacency. Because as we've said again and again, happiness is a practice. It is an act. It requires action. You have to say, I am unhappy in this moment and then choose to do something about it. Choose to practice happiness, choose to show up more authentically, choose to go through the eight pillars of happiness, to believe in yourself, to ground yourself in intention and purpose, um, to be grateful. Happiness is an act, and the opposite of action is doing nothing. Complacency upholds the status quo. It allows you to live your life by default. And when you're living your life on default, when you're not actively engaged in designing a life you'll love, you won't feel that happiness deep in your core because you're living by default, which is usually someone else's version of happiness. It's usually the Disney movie version or it's chasing happiness or thinking you're supposed to instead of designing for it and practicing it every day in your life when you live by default you invest based on what everyone tells you to invest you're not actively saying what should i be investing my time and energy and money into so if you take nothing else away from our time together here today i want you to remember that happiness requires action that makes it hard yes because a lot of the society and structures that are built around us would rather us not be actively engaged and acting in our own best interests. But happiness is tied to action. It is rooted in our authenticity. It requires intentional thought. It requires understanding how we are all connected together. And we're gonna spend the remainder of our episodes going through those eight pillars of happiness, talking about how we implement and practice these things each and every day. It is all about bringing that science into action in our lives but you have to choose it and you have to act you have to practice it choosing it gets you nothing saying I want to be happy without doing anything to to help build that happiness and create it um, will not give you happiness but you have to choose it in order to get to the action so I want you guys all everyone listening right here choose happiness for yourself and commit to doing something today that is in the best interest of a life that you'll love into in the best interest of your own personal happiness commit to action thank you so much for spending this time with me today I am so excited for where this um, journey will take us I love that there are people out there and of course there are people out there but I love that there are people who want to know more about happiness because it is so incredibly important and it will change how you show up in this world. And when you can show up as your whole authentic, amazing, beautiful self, the people around you see that and they will give themselves permission to show up as their whole beautiful, amazing selves. And it becomes a domino effect. And we as communities and as a world can can be happier, and healthier, and more loving, and more compassionate, and all those beautiful things that I know we all want. And science tells us how. Science gives us a roadmap. All these wonderful, amazing researchers have taught me what I know, and um, I just love that I can share it with you, and that um, together we are all going to um, make this world a happier, more beautiful place. So choose happiness, start designing your life around it, practice it. I will see you um, in the next episode. Thank you.